0: The dawn of civilization. Primitive, <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs
1: the most civilized
0: caveman I have ever seen. Ah, uh,
1: You're listening to the Knuckle Draggers Extravaganza on Digital. if you're listening to this live, or if you joined us through the magic of the internet through Cave Dweller Music. Good evening to you, or good day. I suppose it doesn't really matter what time of the day it is. But we're going to be having a chat to a gent who runs what has quickly become one of my favorite labels. If you looked at my top 10 for 2022, you would notice Woe Warden, Daedric Armor, and Malignant Aura are all on that list. And what they have in common is they come out through the fantastic Bitter Loss Records. So this has been something that I've been uh, very excited about. And we are joined by Rob from Bitter Loss Records. First and foremost, thank you very much for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure and um, it's good to chat to you.
1: I'm very excited. Like I said, there are three of the albums um, in my top 10. It ended up being a top 11 on a couple of sites because I couldn't actually count to 10. Um <laughs> But yeah, Woe Warden, Malignant Aura, and Daedric Armor are all fantastic records, and seeing the the through link for all of them just got me really excited.
0: Yeah, look, it's um, I think one thing that we're we're not starved for in Australia is talent and good music. So, look, it's um, it's a an honour to be able to to work with with the bands that you mentioned and and the entire roster, and you know it's um, it's uh, not lost on me, but uh, for them to put their faith uh, for me to handle, you know what is a what is a a, a huge investment for for every for every band is um, yeah, it's really humbling.
1: And the one thing that really tipped me off for how well you work with these bands, and I promise I'm not going to spend the next half an hour blowing hot smoke up your ass, which I'm I'm sure that I could do to no ends. <laughs> but I was having a chat to Jono and Chris from Malignant Aura and you flew, and for the people that don't know, Lost Records is Perth-based, you flew to Brisbane to see them on their very first show uh, at the Bearded Lady, and that commitment and that respect that you show the bands, I was like, this dude knows what up, this label knows what's going on.
0: Yeah, thanks. And, I mean, you know, it's being a fan of the music as well. So it's, it's you know, it's pretty cool that that was their first show and having uh spent sort of the last 6 to 8 months behind the scenes with the guys it was um it was fantastic to get up there and it's it's something that I've I've tried to um make a point of doing. Um I haven't been able to attend the launch of, of every release that we've done, but um, you know, I'm lucky that a good portion of the roster is based here in Perth, but I've also flown to to Sydney for the plague launch. Um I had plans to to be in Adelaide for the launch of, of, of Morton for their record in in um, in April. Um and yeah, look it's it's something that I get, you know, an immense amount of, of pleasure from. It's um as a as a lover of the music, it's you know seeing these guys live after after listening to them through pre-production and mastering and, and everything, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome.
1: And if my memory serves me correct, The Plague, who you just mentioned there, they were one of, if not the first band that actually signed on to Bitter Loss Records.
0: They were the first, yeah. So um, I spoke to them back in December of 2020. Um, ah,
1: The Plague year. They're really the reason.
0: Yeah, look, they're really the reason that uh, Bit of Loss as a label exists, um, and you know what, what, uh, what you see today. So I was doing a, a small distro, which was something born out of um, you know COVID and isolation, and I thought I could uh, get a few cool records and things in, and they asked me if I was interested in in releasing. Um, releasing them so they had a deal with a a US label that was put on pause uh, due to to COVID related issues and they'd already been sitting on the music for about 18 months I believe and I said well why the hell not let's let's give it a crack Um, 18 months later and we're up to our 40th release so a lot of what we're doing um, comes from the you know a simple a simple phone call that I had with Shane from from the plague.
1: You're certainly making up for for lost time, though. Forty releases in eighteen months is it's a massive effort.
0: Um, yeah, look, I didn't have too many grey hairs prior to <laughs> to 2020, and look, it hasn't been. Look, the the time has been fraught with with some issues. I mean, everyone that that follows the the bands and the labels know that from time to time we're we're impacted by production delays, which you know something I take extremely personal and um, something I really hate having to deal with. You know, when you when you put your faith in a third party to to meet schedules and you've you've done everything right um, in regards to submissions and design and art and and then something doesn't happen it's um it does get quite frustrating but overall i think we've we've done extremely well and look i think the volume or the the amount of releases we're done it comes back to my early comment that australia is just so chock-a-block full of amazing bands and you know the what's what's fast become my my sort of my motivation for continuing to do this is to to ensure that those bands get the the um, the recognition that they deserve.
1: Touching on those production issues, does it, it can also put you in a bit of an awkward position, you being the middleman between the band who have put so much time and effort into the music and this printing press who, you know, if, uh, what's a, an example? Say, we'll throw the name Parkway. Like if Parkway Drive have a new album out, and they've got, you know, 5,000 presses that they wanting done, and so bands from your label will get knocked back. It's a bit of an awkward position for you being the middleman between the two.
0: Uh, it is. Um, you know, we're sort of the, the unseen uh, party that's sort of just, we're just facilitators. Um, you know, we we, we take a, a product from a band and we, we uh, try and get it out to as many people as we can. Uh, via physical means and also digital, but I think you, you've really touched on on the crux of of the cause of a lot of these production delays. So the the popularity of, of the analog uh, formats has just gone through the roof, and um, unfortunately, small independents uh, like myself and and all of my peers that um, are sort of you know underground labels, uh, were the ones that. Um, Sort of suffer along the way and it's it's quite interesting because you know when when these formats are not popular it's it's the underground uh scenes the you know metal punk hardcore and, and even hip-hop and other things that really keep this ticking over um but as soon as it's popular the um we're kind of put to the side
1: it is a weird thing and you hit on it perfectly there in the down times it's those people who really want the physical records the sort of tangible things that they can relate to the band that keep the whole pressing thing going but when it swings back into being really popular because there's not such a high demand the demand's still there it's just been bumped down a couple of notches because a bigger band or a more well-known or well-established band have come through and gone oh you know what let's get on to this vinyl business
0: yeah exactly and look we've we've done probably 15 or 20 releases on vinyl and if you add up all of those numbers from each of those those presses it probably doesn't amount to a single press of a uh of a larger band so you know the fact of the matter is is that we're right now we're extremely small fish in a in a large um profitable pond i guess you could say and we have to take our medicine and and uh, navigate it the best we can, and you know we have to change how we do things. And you know one of the things that that we've or have decided to do to to offset any of the you know the the potential delays, and you know there's I'm experiencing delays on on all vinyl forman at the moment is that we'll be unable to to offer pre-sale um, anymore. So I just don't feel comfortable taking you know, someone's money under a pre-sale if we can't meet the uh, the agreed date that we said that would come out. So there'll be some, yeah, be some changes to the way that we, we operate and um, I know that I'm not alone um, in trying to review, you know, what we do.
1: Speaking of changes, how did you find the change from a distro and a web store that you mentioned there to the label? Because by the sounds of it, it was more or less – the plague like this thing with this U.S. label is not working out and you sort of went, well, I've got somewhat of an infrastructure here to be able to pick you guys up and then help put them out.
0: Oh, look, I, I had absolutely no idea. What I was doing.
1: <laughs> That's let's, the best way to do it. Let's not,
0: you know, let's not pretend. As as good as it looks from the outside right now, um, you know, even still you know i'm i'm learning on every release so it's um it's been a pretty interesting journey and look the the distro was only you know around for maybe 2 or 3 months so it was an extremely quick transition where um we went from you know selling a few records online to the development of the online web store to you know signing bands having band camps Establishing distribution networks, um, uh, production, um, PR, uh, all sorts of stuff. You know, logistics. Um, it's yeah, it's a it's a wild ball game. And I think if um, I once I once heard a comment um, from someone many many years ago, and they said, um, you know, if you if you really hate someone, um, encourage them to start a record label.
1: <laughs> I. And you you've touched on this before but uh definitely a source of gray hairs for you by the sounds of that
0: yeah look, look but hey um you know you can you can only do what you do when it comes back to this is not a this is not an exercise in in um in profitability I mean I still I work full-time my my partner works full-time but I've got a small child and um this is really just, uh, uh, I guess, a hobby of sorts. You know, it's an all-consuming hobby, but it it comes from a place of, of um, you know, look, eighty percent of the time, it's pure joy. It really is. I mean, the feedback that we get, um, the excitement from bands when they see a, a quality uh, physical product, um, you know, my my personal, you know, feelings when. You know, I I see that I've helped contribute to to maybe um, you know getting a, a band out there. It, that's what I really love. You know, it's I've been listening to this this music since the the early '90s, and it's it's great to be you know a part of a part of this, no matter what. And you know, I, I consider myself extremely fortunate that I do get to work with these absolutely amazing bands and. And have um, and create these these great relationships not only here in Australia but across the world.
1: On the topic of distros all throughout the world, there's what the Europe there's a couple of ties to a few distros in Europe and the US, if I'm not mistaken. Who have you got lined up overseas?
0: Um, well, look the the network's pretty extensive. I mean the. You know my my peer labels across you know both here and, and overseas. It's it's one of the major ways to get the music out there and still keep costs quite low um, by trading with with um, with suppliers. That means you uh, uh, labels you can get your your albums across to them, um, and then you get their products over here. So it helps you recover some of your costs as well, um, which is great. But only up to a point because it's not a dedicated network. Um, without the the distros and the other labels that I trade with, you know, a bit of loss really wouldn't be able to come close to recovery costs, which is, you know, a challenge at the best of times. But uh, one limitation that we do have as as things grow is that you know the, the the people that are exposed to the bands and labels grow and they might not necessarily have access to um you know some of these um, people that are offering our stuff overseas. So we're trying to establish more permanent and fixed uh, distribution through some um, some larger means. Uh, we'll still continue to to trade with with um, with the labels that, that make the music like us. But I think for an Australian label to be able to get the the music out there and and do the bands justice, we we probably need to invest a little bit more.
1: I like that. So as soon as you said trade, all I just remember is being a kid and being at lunchtime on the playground, you know, you're trading footy cards, you're trading Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff like that. And the fact that you were like, oh, yeah, we trade records with other labels. I just have this image of my mind of a whole bunch of metal guys sitting around with vinyls being like, I'll give you a couple of my, you know, I'll give you a couple of my malignant auras for your lamp of murmur and stuff like that.
0: Well, it's look. It's not far from that. You, know? <laughs> like, um, you everyone's got their their list of what's available, um, and there's like this. There's a universal point system, I guess you could say, mm. where you know records are worth certain points. Double LPs, you know, digipack CDs, they're all they're all pretty much worth you know these fixed points values. So you create your your product availability lists. You've got your your point values. And you just send it on an email and um, the other labels will say, Hey, I want I want eight malignant auras, I want, you know, five crypt crawlers, um, blah blah blah. And then you just look for the equivalent um, on their list and you post yours, they post theirs, and hopefully um VHL or Australia Post doesn't stuff things up and everyone's happy.
1: But like failing that or the worst case scenario is getting damaged in the post just sounds like an absolute nightmare i um i think i messaged this to you when we were trying to organize this interview but i went and saw woe warden and malignant aura at misdemeanor and i caught up with john and i was like mate how how'd you go how was the flight and he just looked at me he's like they fucking broke one of our guitars and i can imagine that and with vinyls like vinyls are fantastic but gee they're flimsy at the best of times so there'd be nothing more heartbreaking for you being like all right i've ordered all these records we've just done a trade hopefully it's all square and you get here and the records are warped or cracked or chipped look
0: it's being such a small network and a small scene globally um you're only as good as your last package so I learned pretty quick that if you don't package your stuff the right way, mm-hmm. uh, and then you probably mm-hmm. won't get the opportunity to trade again. So, um, you know, I reached out to a few a few people that I knew and said, hey, you know, I'm going to start sending out some bulk stuff. You know, what do you recommend? And some of the the people that I traded with said, look, you know, have been doing this for years. Why don't you wait until – Uh, My package arrives and then you can see how I've done it and then you can send yours to me. So it was, um, you know, it was really cool that we learnt pretty quick how to hopefully do things the right way and um, ensure that the the damage, if any, is uh, minimal at at, at worst.
1: I really like that, though. Guys that have been doing it for a long time, you hit them up for advice and they're like, don't worry, man, like I'm going to send you some stuff You have a look at it and then replicate it if you can. But it seems like a pretty supportive collection and network of distros, labels, and stores that sort of run this underground trade that, you know, people like me wouldn't normally think about.
0: It's amazing. And look, besides, um, you know, brick and mortar stores, most of the online. You know distros and things that anyone would buy their, their product from Australia. I mean, you know, a good portion of it is probably trade. You know, a lot of you know, like Brewing Emperor and and myself and and other Australian labels. You know, that's that's how we do. You know, a lot of our business. And you, you know, I think you're spot on. It's it is such a small network of people, and what is fantastic is there's there's no competition. You know, it's it's not. You know we're not major labels here. we' are all small, we're doing it for the right reasons and we're doing it for for the um, for the growth and sustainability of the music that we we love and brings us joy. and um, you know if if you're not in it for the right reasons, I think you'd be found out pretty pretty quick.
1: I can imagine that a lot of these places would have impeccable bullshit detectors.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, um, I've I've learned the hard way on a couple as well. Some of my early trades, I got ripped off um, by you know some some contemporaries overseas, and you know that's just I guess part of the game. It's a shame, but in all walks of life, there's people that will, will try and take um, advantage of others. So, so to, to sort of get. Um, you know, to be put under the wing of some people, some some really great labels, and um, even over here, uh, some of my friends that have that have done some things in the past that might not still be going, they really gave me some fantastic advice um, in regards to who are the good people to deal with. Um, yeah, it's really really set me up, um, really set me up well.
1: I was going to ask: is there sort of like a blacklist system, or what happens when a trade doesn't go? As well as it should, but it sounds like it is pretty self policing.
0: Yeah, look, oh, there's there's people that I won't deal with, and look, I I might be on some other people's list. I don't know, but um, you know, I think my my worst trait is that it takes me forever to reply to people. So um, otherwise, everything's everything's pretty smooth. Um, and look, a couple of years probably hundreds and hundreds of trades there's only one or two that you know i'd well it's probably only what yeah one or two that i wouldn't deal with and maybe one or two that i would you know um need a couple more assurances but overall um you know the percentage it's just fantastic and it's it's so good and it's so refreshing and and uh there's so much trust out there because you you know you, you could be sending thousands of dollars worth of of products um, over to people that you've you, you've never met physically, and you know there's there is just that that level of trust, and you know it comes back to you know that we are one scene,
1: and you know we're we're all here for each other. I'm sure somewhere someone's mum has overheard this, or just goes has that mum sense of going, these boys are talking about. Talking to strangers on the internet and they're sending them thousands of dollars worth of stuff. We taught them better than this.
0: Well, look, I mean, when when I was younger, I mean, that's how we got most of our records. I mean, I was getting my stuff in the you know, sort of God ninety four onwards from from my mail order catalogues. From you know, as a one in strike or spiral objective um, out of Adelaide greg was his name and and he had an amazing um, volume and range of of records and really sort of shaped you know a lot of people's a lot of people's musical tastes and but that's just how it was you know we used to send cash in the mail uh, um, before I moved to perth I remember sending uh, money to a perth band um in the mail out of a an ad that was in hot metal probably. 93, 94 for a, a dubbed VHS and, you know, but that's how it is, you know. If you if you don't deliver or if you do rip someone off, the, you, you found out pretty quick and, you know, look, I'll, I won't say that I'm not exempt from, from having issues and, and forgetting to, well, not forgetting but missing people's shipments and all that sort of stuff but, um, you know, what I always try and do is to ensure that whatever mistakes are made, we, we make up for the best we can.
1: Like, as soon as you mentioned spiral objective, I was like, "That's something that I got to have a look at." And unfortunately, the first story was about the he lost his whole record collection to a fire in twenty thirteen. Yeah, some years oh. ago. So, um, oh, that would have been heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. Look, he Greg uh, does a radio show called uh, Filler. Um, I don't know if it's on a Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Um plays a lot of um, punk and hardcore and underground stuff, and he's been doing it for God knows how many years now. But um, you know, he's a that type of motivation is is truly inspiring.
1: That is rough. One of the motivations that I I was listening to an interview um you did maybe was it last year, that one of the big motivations for bitter loss was you wanting to repay the heavy music scene that's given you so much have you how are you feeling as though you're traveling on that journey or is it going to be never fulfilled
0: uh, yeah probably never i mean
1: <laughs> how, <laughs> i had a feeling yeah, that would be the case
0: yeah, look how do you how do you square the ledger for something that's defined pretty much who you are i mean i'm 45 years old um you know, I'm working with. I'm working with a band who has a member that I first saw in on stage in probably '94. I mean, so yeah. How, I was going to say, years. how
1: excited are you to reprint that aftermath record?
0: Uh, well, look that that hasn't that hasn't really um, been agreed as yet. Uh, there were some early discussions, but I was I was more referring to. To, um uh, Matt Skits from Luma, who plays drums in Luminad Mortem. So I saw him on stage with Damaged when uh, they supported uh, Cannibal Corpse on the Bleeding oh. Tour at the Phoenician Club in Sydney with um, oh. some other great bands like Aftermath were there. And that was a two show. that was an All Ages and an Overs and, um, you know, the, the cream of the crop at the time. And, and a lot of those bands were on... Um, were on uh, you know warhead records or they were affiliated with modern invasion and and um, I think this is this is what I'm trying to aspire to be that um, I really want to leave or have be part of these Australian bands as legacy and um, you know I'll keep going back to it and I will spruik it and probably until my last breath but Australia can Match it with with the best in the world, and I just I hope that people will recognise that and and um, you know look in their backyards before they look overseas for good music.
1: What is the normal process for you when you get started talking to a band about putting out the release? Because like I said, three fantastic records that came out this year, and there were more. Um, if I mm-hmm. gave more time to listen to them, the roster for this year was insane, but. Talking to Malignant Aura, Woe Warden and Daedric Armour, they have said nothing but positive things about the process of getting everything sorted with you. What is your approach to the, to the putting out a record process?
0: All right, look, first and foremost, almost, um, I think we'll talk about intent. And I think the intent is to be... Um, as collaborative and as transparent as possible so you know this is it's a true partnership where both parties are investing significant amounts of time and money into something um so what you want is to for the product to succeed i mean the for the album to do well uh, my goal is to is to break even and i'm sure that and i don't want to speak for too many bands but i'm, I'm sure their their reach is um is part of theirs as well but uh kicking off a a process it's um well there's two ways i i will be approached so we have a you know a a, an outlined uh thing on our website that, that tells people how they can submit um you know expressions of interest or their demo or something like that or the other way is if i'm just sort of cruising around Bandcamp or YouTube or something, which I'm I'm known to do as as not a great sleeper. I'll come across something and I might approach them and, and ask them if if they've got any uh, plans to release anything. I think the latter is is maybe a little bit um it's I don't do that a great deal. Um because the sheer volume of stuff coming through um, is just it's it's too much and look we've we've i've had to close the books for this year already um so we won't be really accepting or you know we will still be announcing several more releases or well, considerable amount of releases but um yeah, you know, we probably won't be adding anyone new um to the roster until next year but you know we've probably got another 15 or 18 releases for 2023 already but so the band all the bands will Will, um reach out um the first thing I want to do is to is to understand a little bit about them um I I only want to work with people that you know I think share the philosophy that I have in regards to music um you know I'm, there's there's no one's getting rich in this so it's, it's got to come from a, a position of or a you know passion and you know that they really really enjoy what they do and you know the main thing is I like the music. And if I think that I would buy the music um myself as a as a fan, then that's that's pretty much a, a tick from me. So
1: that's a good way to approach it. And um being a fan of the music as well definitely helps. It sort of it's a, way, a good way of phrasing it.
0: Yeah, you, so feel more,
1: the, um, you feel more confident in what you're doing if you're a big fan of the music.
0: Well, look, it's great, you know, but you also don't want to spend, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars for a record that only you're gonna like as well. So you you do need to think about what is what is going to not what's going to sell, but you know, what can you what can you market properly? I mean a lot of a lot of bands are relatively unknown and I think one thing that I we do well with the label is is we've got a good uh part good PR partnership and we're we're very active across uh social medias which you know I I don't really like but it's it's a it's a necessary evil unfortunately and you know we, we just try and keep up to speed and and do as much as we can, and, and stay relevant, and keep all the bands active in regards to that, and and um, you know work with our trade partners consistently. And it's um you know it's 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 not easy at times, um, and I think we we do get caught up in, in a few other areas of the business which are frustrating, but at the end of the day, it comes back to um, I are mean, they good people um do you want to spend the next 6 months working with them intensively um taking feedback uh giving criticism back as well on certain aspects and and uh, yeah so you've got to make sure that you can work with with people that um you like the the music and you know they're
1: motivated to to do their part so you've said that everything, by the sounds of it, the the submissions and everything's wrapped up and planned out ahead for 2023. You mentioned that Lumen Ad Mortem record. Yep. Um, is, has the new Vosal been released yet, or is that on the precipice? Yeah, so Lumen Ad Mortem was released uh, yesterday. So oh, that was... that's going to get a solid play on the show. So if anyone's Definitely. made it, if anyone's listening on uh, K-Dweller Music, Keep your eyes and ears peeled to the knuckle drag's extravaganza, because I can promise you you're gonna be hearing a lot of that record.
0: Yeah, it's it's been extremely well received and I think uh, um and rightly so. I mean, you know, the Aaron, Greg, and Matt have done an absolutely amazing job, um, visually and, and, and sonically as well. It's um something they've put an extreme amount of time and effort into. It's um and they've really really, really come out good, but uh, Varsal, uh, we will, uh, that's due, it's actually due today. So we'll probably be, uh, we're going to do that in a, in, in a few stages. So we'll be doing a digital release uh, later this evening. So that'll be the 28th of April, uh, of January, sorry. And then we'll be doing, uh, we've got some of premier plans and then the physical products uh, coming after that. So there's, look, there's a lot of strategy behind, you know, the schedule as well. Um, it's been an extremely busy first few weeks of the year, especially with – we've had Ashen, uh, their new album, Ritual of Ash, that was released on January the 13th, the same day as Ormegaunt, um, In the Flesh, a um, death metal band from from Melbourne, and then Lumen and Vassel, Uh And also um, – Geez, not to forget uh, Idle Ruin from from up your way in Brizzy. That's um,
1: had a pretty bang and release show has, from everything that I've seen about it. Um, yeah. Friends of the they show regular Gonzales. It. Yeah, I'm so I haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to it yet, but Valley Inferno was one of the ones that stuck with me. And if again, if people are listening and thinking, oh man, all this. All this uh this media stuff and all this advertising, it it sounds really hard. I no joke found out about Idol Ruin because I was walking through South Bank and saw their sticker on a light pole. Like that is that is proper old school band advertising right there.
0: Yeah, Liam, who's the drummer and singer, he's uh he's uh, he's pretty red hot when it comes to that. He um he also uh did the layout for the for the album as well and and look that's that's the other part of all this right is that's you know this is this is all pretty much diy stuff a lot of the bands do their own layouts they do their own production you know there's there's aspects that they might uh farm out like mastering and, and maybe getting um some original artwork in but a lot of this stuff is all done in house you know i do most of the the promo flyers and uh, the YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff. It's um we try and do as much as we can. And because the the margins are so low and you know we, we just can't afford to to um to get other people to do to do stuff. It's very DIY back to the back to the early punk days.
1: And I like that approach as well. You're sort of giving basically and you would have heard horror stories about this with various bands, but they sign with a label, and then the label basically controls, you know, you need to use this photo, you need to use this for the album cover. Everyone that I've spoken to, and you hit it perfectly on the head there, that these bands, you know, they'll pay for their own album cover. They might do it themselves um, in a couple of cases, and you're there as the final thing to go, all right, we've done all of the... You know, writing, recording, yada yada yada, and then you're there. You're the one that's actually bringing it forward to the masses.
0: Look, it's extremely collaborative, and I think that's what I love about it. And you know, that's I won't, I certainly won't say that every release has gone smoothly, either um, behind the scenes or or uh, once it's been released. But I think one thing. That each release does have is it has that passion behind it and also the uh the trust in in all parties and it's it's really it's fantastic to see you know the the work that goes into this stuff and um you know talking about ash and they invited me into to even hear the demo tracks of you know before they even went to record ritual of ash um so to be part of that process and to be able to or to be asked for feedback along the way. It's um, you know I, I use the word at the in in the intro, but it's extremely humbling. and um, you know it's it's not lost on me how fortunate I am to be as ingrained in this as as I am.
1: And uh, that's more or less everything that I had lined up that I wanted to ask you. But I do have one more question, and mainly this because I was listening to Entombed today, but yeah. did you take the name for the record label from an Entombed song? I guess. I yeah. Because I, took, um, uh, I, I was like, some, just went back and is, was listening to it. And secret. I, I, then I was kind of like, hold on a sec. This song's called Bitter Loss. I'm having a chat to Rob tonight. I wonder.
0: Yep. So yep, spot on. Look, um in terms of very important band uh for me. And um I think there was uh when I was trying to come up and look, I'm not an overly creative person, <laughs> hence why I'm uh, I sit more behind the scenes on these things. It's um yeah, look I I was like jeez I'll just grab a few song names here and we'll we'll see what, what works well and um I think bitter loss works works uh, extremely well. I think it's a good representation of of, um, of the label itself. Um, and hey, it's uh, it's in Tomb song. And how can you go wrong? How can you go wrong with that?
1: You really can't. If there was one band that you could work with and you know collaborate with to release an album, be it a current one or, or one from the past, what would be your go-to? Who would you want to release an album for?
0: Um, look, that is an extremely good question, and I doubt that I could answer that without extending this for another 45 minutes, but... <laughs> um, Look, I'll, I'll stick to I'll stick to the Australian theme um you know um, and' I'll, I might go with two if I could you know I'll be a little bit cheeky there but uh, one is one of my uh all-time uh, favorite bands of, of any genre uh, um I know several members extremely well and I'm a I'm a bit of a fanboy, but um, Mind Snare is uh, yeah, they're
1: fantastic one my, band.
0: One of my favourite bands, I think um, Australian or international. I've been following them since uh geez, it's under fire, so it's uh, to work with them would be absolutely amazing. Uh, they do most of their stuff with another good friend of mine, Graham at Resist Records. So I doubt I'll ever have that opportunity, but. If, uh if they ever want to, I will uh, I will part the seed to make that happen. Um, and the other one and I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about this and because um, I'd reached out to, to them some years ago uh but they, they sort of weren't uh, ready and I, I maybe I need to touch base with them again but there's a there's a band from from uh, regional New South Wales called Manticore which I think, um really deserve uh, a re-release of some of their stuff um so I've got to, I've got to add one more right wow, um, sorry um Alchemist if 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 there was a re-release of um Lunosphere by Alchemist then I'd uh you yeah, know I'd, I'd probably see that happen
1: Again, thank you so much for taking some time out um, and having a chat to us. If people – you said that everything was sort of locked in and sorted for 2023, but if people did want to get in touch with you, check out some of the stuff that has been put out from Bitterloss Records, where would they go about doing so?
0: Looking at – our main two sort of areas, we've got the 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 dedicated web store, which is at bitterlossrecords.com and then our Bandcamp, um, where we we uh we do a fair bit of stuff there. So uh, just search Bitterloss Records on Bandcamp. Most of the rosters there, you you can listen and uh purchase from there as well. I think the um the other thing is uh our YouTube is starting to to go, you know, pretty well, and uh, we put full streams up there for free um, of all releases uh, once they're out and about. And um, yeah, look, you know, support your local scene. I mean, I, I just I can't say that enough. Is that unlike um, other areas of the world, and we'll 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 focus on you know North America and Europe. That's it's very very rare for an Australian band to be able to make any money um, out of playing music. So any support that anyone can give them, be it uh, buying a physical product, any merch, going to a show, um, you not only get to see uh, the bands face-to-face and to meet the members directly, uh, shake their hand and get something signed if if that's your bag, but it's um, you, you really don't know how far that goes when it comes to touring, uh, putting out new releases and just how much it means to them personally as well that um, someone's taking the time to to come and, and check them out. So look in your own backyard where uh, we've got some of the best bands in the world and I can say that from from uh, um, true experience.